eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Razorback fall camp, just a few days away. But before that, Arkansas actually had one last real big visit weekend before they turned their attention to fall camp practices. They got a little bit of good news out of that also. Moses Moody got, <laughs> Moses Moody got a lot of big news as he became a millionaire last week. We're going to get to all of those topics, answer your questions as well on Hog Sports Live. There, of course, is plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live if you haven't done so already. Follow the page so you're notified anytime these videos pop up. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up there and subscribe there. Hit the notification bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star rating and leave a review. Say something nice about the show if you like the content. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Be sure to sign up for our free breaking news text alerts at hogsports.com. Just go to the top right, hover over your name. I know you're already registered on there, and you'll see the option to sign up for text alerts, or you can sign up for our newsletter, or do both. Both are great ways to stay up with the latest uh, information when it comes to the Razorbacks. All right. We got to get to Moses Moody first. Congratulations, Moses Moody. It looked a little scary there. I mean, you wanted to be a lottery pick, obviously, but. This is a really big deal for Arkansas, just showing other recruits and stuff that, hey, you can go to Arkansas and be a first-round pick. You can be a one-and-done. Uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he needed to come back and stuff like that. Well, obviously, the NBA didn't feel that way. He was number 14 pick overall. But uh, good deal for Moses Moody. Good for Arkansas also. I mean, I know he's gone, but you will entice other players uh, by having him. Now, just to go kind of on salary scale, he'll make uh, – $2.9 million with this pick. He can sign for 80% to 120%. NBA deals are four years with a two-year option after that. Now, after taxes, it's just $1.9 million. It's barely – it's not even $2 million. So, 37% tax bracket. So, he keeps 63% of it. Four-year deal with option the last two. So, congratulations to Moses Moody. That's a huge deal for Arkansas. Arkansas's first ever one and done. They've had plenty of first-round picks, but he's the first ever one and done. Arkansas also had uh, Bryson Warren, five-star guard on campus in the class of 2023, number 18 prospect overall, number four combo guard. He's out of Branson, Missouri. Arkansas looks like they're in pretty good shape there. Now, uh, Khalil Ware, is he's a five-star uh, out of North Little Rock, post player. He's deciding on the ninth. He's making his decision. 
you'd think that sounds like good news for Arkansas considering he's visited and, and all that stuff, but um, the word is it's not good news for Arkansas. So we'll follow that situation closely, but it doesn't feel very good for the Razorbacks. It's kind of it's kind of weird to think. I mean, there's you know five-star recruits inside the state of Arkansas. Arkansas has got a top-10 basketball program right now, and uh, players would consider going elsewhere. Now, according to the composite ranking right now, the preseason composite ranking, Arkansas is actually 17th nationally. They're as high as number nine on CBS. Shout out to CBS Sports. But on BartTorvik.com, this is, again, combining humans. Humans like Arkansas. Computers don't, apparently. So BartTorvik.com does not have Arkansas uh, ranked at all. So they are 17th in this composite score. And, I mean, to be fair, they've got, like, they don't have K.K. Robinson on the team. They have A. Cole Maywayne, who's committed to Oklahoma. I mean, so. Conversely, Tennessee is 15th on BartTorvik.com and not ranked on NCAA.com. All right, before we get into any more, I want to go ahead and remind you to go ahead and get your questions in. We're going to have a kind of a caller or a feedback-driven show, I guess we'd say. Just me and you today. So Arkansas held uh, a visit. They call it, you know, everybody has like a cookout type of deal. They had several commitments uh, on hand and a few others. Uh, the big, I guess, news out of the day would be Jordan Crook, the linebacker out of Duncanville, Texas, who's the first commitment out of the state of Texas for Arkansas. The first commitment. They've got 17 commitments in this class, and he's the first one out of Texas. Six foot, 225 linebacker, was previously committed to Oklahoma State, number 559 overall prospect in the country. 24-7 sports individual site ranking actually has him a little higher. He's the number 49 linebacker in the country, number 54 prospect in the state of Texas. The third linebacker commitment for Arkansas's class right now. And he's got offers from, of course, Arkansas and Oklahoma State, but also Texas Tech, Baylor, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, Colorado, Georgia Tech, Houston, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kansas State, Memphis, Michigan, Missouri, Nebraska, USC, Washington, Washington State. Good-looking group of offers uh, for Jordan Crook. And at an, I mean, we're always talking about linebackers. So they, they've got three linebacker commits right now. Let's take a look at it real quick. Caden Henley from inside the state of Arkansas at Shiloh Christian, 6'2", 225. And Manny Powell out of Canton, Ohio, 6'3", 225. Crook is the number eight ranked recruit in the class right now out of the 17 that are committed. Arkansas is currently sixth in the SEC and 17th nationally. 17 commits, 17th nationally. How do you like that? So things continue to go well for Arkansas in recruiting. They have five four-star commitments. Miles Rouser is the top-ranked recruit in the class out of Michigan. Marion Harris, who's number two, who was at the cookout, who is up to 370 pounds, 6'7", 370, out of Joe T. Robinson. Andrew Chambly, another four-star out of Maumelle, Arkansas. Quincy McAdoo out of Clarendon, Arkansas, four-star, 6'2", 175 wide receiver. Rashad DeBinion out of Cedar Grove, Ellenwood, Georgia. 5'10", 185 athlete, probably a running back. And that's all your four stars. The next highest rated recruit is Nico Davillier, 6'4", 275, number 430 ranked prospect in the country. So he's kind of teetering right there pretty close. He's usually about 380 prospects 
usually there's about 350 four-star prospects with the top 32 players being five stars and then, you know, the next 350 or so uh, being four stars. But he's number 430 overall, so he's really close. Jalen Lewis is also fairly close as well. Uh, he's number 524. Uh, cornerback out of Brownsville, Tennessee, with a very impressive offer list. And then you got Jordan Crook there at 559. Really, I kind of look at those 87-ranked players. you got, you know, James Joyner at 590, like top 600 types, basically. James Joyner, Patrick Kudis, Tyrus Washington, the tight end, uh, Jordan Crook, Jalen Lewis, Nico, Rashad, Quincy, Andrew, Amarian, and Miles are all top 600 players in the country right now which you would consider about, you know, high-end three-star to four-star recruit. So yesterday, Sunday, August 1st, was the first day that Arkansas could extend scholarship offers officially to the class of 2022. These are players that they've been offering for a couple of years now. They've, these guys have been getting scholarship offers, like verbal scholarship offers, but they could only tell them that on the first, Danny's got a nice breakdown just of all the, you know, how many players and stuff and some of the, the key ones that were uh, extended an official scholarship offer, image of the graphic that they were sent out and everything. But I just think that's kind of weird. Like, why? Why do we wait until August 1st of a recruit's senior year before you can offer them an official scholarship offer? I mean, these kids have already been taking official visits to schools without official offers. And I, I don't know. I, I just think that's kind of weird. I think that, like, if a recruit were to say, you know, because coaches tell players all the time, like, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship, you know. And you have to do that in this day and age just to stay ahead of the game because recruiting has moved up so far that they will cut you before you ever have a chance to, uh, to officially – to really evaluate them, to send them an offer that's committable. So you have to jump ahead and, like, offer, you know, a couple hundred players that you have no intention of taking some of those guys, and you don't even know because you haven't evaluated them. So I've always felt like it doesn't make any sense. This is a number – this is a disagreement. I actually had a conversation with somebody from the NCAA about this, about why they don't allow official offers to be sent out sooner. And he's had some kind of response about, like, you know, a school offering an eighth grader and then later that kid doesn't develop and then they, you know, have to honor the scholarship. And I'm just like, well, wouldn't it just stop them from offering eighth graders? Like, are we, are we interested in the student athlete here protecting and looking out for them? Or are we interested in, you know, the school that's offering them? I, I think you got to look out for the student athlete. So if you just said you can offer a guy an official scholarship offer at any point, anytime you want to, that would stop offering eighth graders. That would start making schools put out legitimate scholarship offers. I mean, you've probably got kids out there who are cutting schools from their list that really want them and keeping schools on their list that are, you know, generally going to slow play. I mean, we see it all the time. I mean, it hasn't happened in a little bit, but, I mean, for a long time, this happened decent amount under Petrino, but there would be recruits who commit to Arkansas. I remember as a kid committed to Arkansas on the radio that we never put them on the commit list because we knew the offer wasn't legitimate. I mean, so you have you have play recruits that all the time commit to a school where they don't have an offer, and they don't understand how the process works. They don't understand that you need to call and have a conversation with the coach, say, "Hey, coach, I'm I'm ready to commit," you know. And then the coach usually say, "Well, we we didn't say we're we've offered you a scholarship. We said we want to offer you a scholarship. We can't really offer you a scholarship until August first. 
So anyway, I just think that's, I mean, we're moving everything up on the calendar. We've moved up the signing day. We've moved up when you can have official visits, everything, but offer an official scholarship on August 1st of their senior year. I mean, school, I think August like 16th or something, these guys are going to start school. I just think it's weird. Like, why? why? What is that rule there for? It's not for the student athlete. And we're changing all these different rules so much regarding football and recruiting and stuff, but we're going to keep this one. Danny's got a nice notebook if you want to read further on all the visitors that came in this weekend. But he, you know, he talked to a couple of the guys, obviously. Um, and like, uh, let's see, Shamar Easter, for example, who Arkansas looks like they're in good shape with him. He's a 2023 recruit uh, out of Ashdown. He is the number 136 overall prospect in the country, number six tight end, number one prospect in Arkansas, 6'5", 225. Has a good-looking offer list already, Arkansas, Arizona State, Auburn, Florida State, some others. But Arkansas looks like they've been recruiting him pretty strongly and uh, have done a good job so far. Anthony Brown, probably for this 2022 class, might be the the next guy you'd like really keep an eye on. Number 517 overall prospect in the country. I think he's top 500 level on 24-7 sports. He's an 88 overall 89 gets you to four-star. So he's kind of close there, too. Number 17-ranked prospect in Tennessee, Arkansas, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Tennessee are his favorites right now, his five favorites. He has more offers than that. But uh, he's announcing September 14th is his scheduled announcement date. So keep an eye. He's visited Arkansas a couple times. That's usually a good reason to, to watch out. But Danny's got an article on, on him, a um, guy like Nateen Mitchell, who Arkansas has offered in the class of 2023, safety out of Texas, out of Temple, Texas, is a guy to keep an eye on. I mean, it won't be long before you start seeing a guy pop up on 2023 who commits to Arkansas, or, you know, and other schools, obviously. So go to Hogsports, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. It's just $1 right now for your first month. You're going to want all the fall camp coverage that's about to come. There's still recruiting stuff obviously happening, even though they have kind of – that's kind of like the marker this cookout. It's like the marker of shifting your attention over – to fall camp and preparing for the upcoming season. Vegas has spoken. They've released their projected win totals for each SEC team. Now tell me in the comments below if you like Arkansas when I tell you here. But Vanderbilt is at three. South Carolina is at three and a half. Arkansas, five and a half. Five and a hook for the Arkansas Razorbacks. You like them over or under that. That's obviously three SEC wins, three non-conference wins, saying you're losing to Texas, even though you get Texas at home. Maybe it's beating Texas, winning those four non-conference games, winning two in the SEC. That would be covering that five and a half line. So let me know if you th- – I mean, I know what you guys think. Most of you are going to like Arkansas to, to go to a bowl game this year. I think last year – Technically, they were a six-win team, and that's not including like the Auburn game that they really won, but chalks up as a loss. I'm just saying like they won three SEC games last year. They would have won three non-conference games last year, and you know they had to go on the road to Notre Dame. Probably would have lost that. I mean, who knows? That week actually, when Arkansas was playing them, they didn't like blow the doors off of Duke. So who knows? 
But, uh, I mean, you never know that. But So, anyway, five and a half wins for Arkansas. Mississippi State at six. Tennessee at six. Kentucky at seven. Mizzou at seven. Auburn at seven. Ole Miss at seven and a half. LSU at eight and a half. Florida at nine. And Texas A&M at nine and a half. Georgia at ten and a half. Alabama at eleven and a half. A couple of notables in there. Ole Miss at seven and a half. To me, like, so Matt Corral is preseason SEC player of the year. To me, you're going to have to win more than seven and a half, or eight games or seven games to win an SEC player of the year, even no matter what the stats are. To me, you've got to have a better year than that. And they did just lose, actually, a starting cornerback, uh, Haynes, I believe. I can't remember his name, but anyway. Ole Miss had the worst defense in the SEC last year, both in scoring. I believe both in scoring and total defense. They had the worst defense in the SEC. Might have been third downs also. But they weren't very good on defense. So they can put up a lot of offense. I mean, they averaged like 81.5, 81.6, I think, uh, plays per game last year, which was fourth nationally. So they, they stay on the field. They run a lot of plays. They put up a lot of offense. Uh, but their defense is the complete opposite of that. I mean, and that kind of goes hand in hand, you know, when you run an offense like that. And that can kind of skew the numbers a little bit, but it doesn't change the fact that they give up a lot of points, give up a lot of yards. So, seven and a half is an interesting line. Mizzou at seven. Do you agree with Mizzou at seven? Tennessee at six. Now, I've kind of gone over this list before, but I did my dandy dozen. I've kind of, like, put out all of our top ten stuff. And you can go to Hog Sports right now and check out. I've already put out the the Fall Camp HQ page, which basically breaks down – I mean, every single top ten list that I've done this offseason, which this offseason, which is a lot. I've done a ton of top ten lists. Um, every – position breakdown every individual breakdown all of our vip content like where we go really in depth on stuff you can see all that at uh, hogsports.com it's there on the front page it's uh, fall camp hq my number one guy is Traylon burks 6'3 225 51 catches for 820 yards last season jalen catalan at number two preseason second team all sec was a first team and second team selection last year 99 tackles first freshman in sec uh, in the SEC since 2007, freshman defensive back, I should say, since 2007, Eric Berry at Tennessee, to have 95 tackles and three interceptions in a single season. And he had 99. I think he was third nationally last year, third or fourth. Grant Morgan at number three, second-team preseason all-SEC selection. K.J. Jefferson at four. That's a bit of a projection pick for me. I mean, he's the quarterback. He's a very valuable position. I know he hasn't started but one game in his career, but – yeah, I got him at number four. A little bit of a projection there. Myron Cunningham at five, who was a preseason third-team All-SEC pick. Monteric Brown at six, who I think is one of the more underrated players in the country, in the SEC especially. Ricky Stromberg at number seven, preseason All-SEC second-team selection. Eric Gregory at eight. That's kind of me. That's my projection. I, I think that Eric Gregory has the potential to add a lot to this team, both playing in and defensive tackle. He can play a lot of different – I mean, he's he's 300 pounds and can play in. So, Eric Gregory is my number eight pick. He's just a redshirt sophomore. Isaiah Nichols at nine. Now, Isaiah's going to be pushed. I mean, there's some defensive tackle, Mar- Markel Utzi, who they call Kel, 
and uh, John Ridgway, who I didn't include those guys. I mean, they're they're newcomers, but I could see one of those guys emerging on this list moving up. But I have Nichols at nine. I think he's kind of an underappreciated player on the team. I mean, he started seven games for him last year. Bumper pull at 10, Traylon Smith at 11, and Greg Brooks Jr. at 12. I kind of felt bad putting Greg Brooks Jr. at 12. I feel like he had a really good season last year. I feel like he could have probably been up there. But then who do you move out? Do you move Traylon Smith? Do you move Bumper? Do you move Nichols? Maybe. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Anyway, go check out our Fall Camp HQ. I've got it broken down into a top 10 list and similar type of, of articles, individual Razorback profiles, Razorback groups and positions, competition and depth, what Razorback foes are saying, what some of the opponents have been saying about Arkansas. And uh, Hog Sports Live, I've got, a, you know, the walk and talk and Hog Sports Live that I've done just recently here. Preseason awards and watch lists, I want to go over that real quick. COVID-19 updates, as we know, Arkansas is at uh, right around 90% vaccinated. Uh, and then of all of our, our premium VIP content, I've also got a calendar on there you can read. Basically, guys, for the calendar, you get you can practice 25 times up to your first game, right, which is Saturday, uh, September 4th against Rice. I believe that's one o'clock or two o'clock i can't remember i hate when people don't put like eastern or central time they just put it's, you know it's one o'clock or two o'clock I, I think it's maybe one i can't remember anyway um basically the way it's going to start arkansas is going to report thursday okay uh friday is going to be their first practice that's the sixth and then they'll practice saturday and then they should i assume should take off sunday i think they'll take off every sunday just based on how they've done it in the past so get a couple practices in get an off day kind of get your feet under you you know figure out how what the pace and everything is uh, there's only going to be like 11 scholarship newcomers because you had so many guys enroll early but then you're going to practice monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday six days straight and then you take off Sunday. And then it's the same thing the next week, the same thing the next week. So you're going like three straight weeks of that. And then you'll have, you know, kind of like after that, you'll probably have kind of a rehearsal a little in a way, um, you know, for your upcoming week of, you know, game week of practice. And then, you know, you'll have your regular game week practice. Practice. I, I think Monday, I think they take off Sunday some schools practice Sunday, take off Monday, and some teams do it the other way. But I think if I remember, Arkansas takes off Sunday, and then they go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday walkthrough, which would be the 25th practice, and then they play Rice on Saturday. So it ain't far away, guys. I mean, we're talking just over a month away from the kickoff of the college football season. 
preseason award watch list, Traylon Burks, Walter Camp Player of the Year. Uh, what else? Traylon Burks, Fred, uh, Fred uh, Blitnikoff Award watch list. Um, he's made some All-American lists. He's also been projected to go in the first round. Arkansas overall picked six in the, in the SEC West with five preseason All-SEC honors. Traylon Burks was a first-team pick. Grant Morgan, Jalen Catalan, Bronco Nagurski, Grant Morgan, Bumper Pool, Buckus Award, Jalen Catalan, Jim Thorpe, Ricky Stromberg, Remington, Hudson Henry, John Mackey, Traylon Smith, Doak Walker. What else we got? Um, Traylon Burks was on the Maxwell Award watch list, which goes to the best player in the country. Jalen Catalan and Grant Morgan, uh, Chuck Bednarik, Bedniark. Is that the one I have trouble saying, obviously? So, I think that's about everything I wanted to cover here for a little bit. We're going to get to your questions now, so I hope you got some. 23 minutes in to the show. Chad Everett says, good afternoon from South Georgia. Hotter than a stolen generator down here. Have a great week. Woo pick suey. It is 85 degrees right now. It's supposed to be low mid-80s as a high all week. The pretty low chance of rain until Friday, I think, is a chance of rain, which that could spoil things a little bit if it rains during practice because they'll go inside. That means we won't have any access. I'm not sure what kind of access we're going to get. I do know um, – Fans, you know, just so you know what to expect. We should have in-person interviews. Now, COVID is going a little bit wild according to all the reports and everything. It's it's spiking in Arkansas. Somebody told me today there hasn't been line at Washington Regional for COVID testing, and then it's like 30 deep today. So hopefully all that gets under control and we can, we can have some good access. And so, you know, I would assume we get, you know, maybe like 20 minutes of practice, which I would trade that for like, 40 minutes of one practice and not having, you know, but I, I know they probably won't do that. They're going to be a little more cautious with injuries and stuff like that versus how they were in the spring when we got a lot more access in the spring. Um, but I would assume, and I, hopefully we'll be able to move around a little bit, have more than just me there from Hawk Sports, you know, have, you know, get the team there and uh, to watch practice and, and be able to move instead of staying stationary because it's just, it just makes it kind of difficult. So to me, oh, so just based on like on interviews and stuff like we'll have in-person interviews. I would assume there's going to be a, ma- a mix of zoom interviews and also, um, you know, in-person interviews. We're not going to have like breakout scrums, like where we're just all, you know, huddled around one player or something like that. Players will end up going up to the podium and stuff like that. And, and we'll do that until I guess COVID is under control, I guess. So that's kind of how I think things will go. Um, it'll be a more limited access than what we had in the spring. And, you know, to Arkansas's credit, things have changed, obviously, um, you know, with so much information being able to be distributed quickly with, you know, practices obviously uh, gotten tighter over the years at Arkansas and, and elsewhere. But Arkansas did have the most access allowed last year at fall camp than anybody else. I mean, nobody else was was letting people in, so – We'll see how it goes. But anyway, Chad, I know how it is in South Georgia. I've lived there. I'm sure the Nats are awful. Off. I, I remember when I had my first interview with Sam Pittman, 
and uh you know just kind of looking for some common ground that we could talk about and stuff and i was like you know i bet you don't miss those gnats down in south georgia and he was just like oh my lord i mean <laughs> they're awful <laughs> i don't understand i'm not to cut down on anybody but i don't understand why you'd choose to live in a place where it's just like it's constant right when you walk out of the door gnats in your ears and your hair man i can't i hate thinking about it when will Hunter get a raise? This man has done so much for the athletic department. Well, I don't know if it's time for raises right now or what, but, I mean, I think most people have been pretty pleased with Hunter Urichek so far. Randall Files says, we picked Suey from Wisconsin. Excited to get the season started. Praying for that miracle season. Rocky says, Brother Biddy, when are you going to quit being scared of saying my name? I said your name, Rocky. <laughs> I just didn't say the last name. MP Rich, did you see where a high school quarterback is skipping his senior year and going to enroll at Ohio State due to NIL? Uh, yes, that is Ewers, Ewers, Cam Ewers, is that how you say his name? He's going to Ohio State, as you mentioned. Um, I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, the last guy I can really remember just skipping his whole year was John David Booty, who went to USC. I believe he was out of Louisiana. That's been a long time ago. But um, – yeah, I, I see this kid's doing that. I don't know. I I would say to people, like, quit getting such a hurry to grow up. I mean, that NIL, NIL stuff's going to be there. People leave college early, and, you know, I get it. If you're going to be, like, you know, a top three-round draft pick or something, I understand it. But if you're not, you know, when you start getting out of that guaranteed money area – I just don't – I don't – college is going to be one of the best times of your life. If it's not the best, it's one of the best. It's right up there with something else. And for most athletes, you're never going to be as popular or as celebrity status as you're going to be when you're in college, when you're playing, when you're big man on campus, all that stuff. And I just think people get ahead of themselves and you – you know, a lot of them never go back and get that degree, and that degree is obviously incredibly valuable. And I wonder, is this NIL stuff going to help maybe curb some of that stuff? Who knows? But I just don't – I just don't – I don't know why you want to leave your senior year of high school, something you'll never get back. You can never go back to college. You never go back to high school. Different strokes for different folks. Dalton Adams says, how about class of 2026 Greenwood quarterback getting P5 offers already? Yeah. And, I mean, like we were saying, you know, that technically they're not offers. They're offers, but they're not official offers. Why not let people offer this kid? Let him give him official offers. He can know who's really serious about him. Micah Brown says, love this. Love you, Micah Brown. Appreciate that. Will Kidd says, best guess on starting O-line and D-line. I think they've pretty much got it the way it's going to be. I think, you know, obviously Ricky Stromberg just working for inside out. Ricky Stromberg at center, right guard Ty Clary, left guard Luke Jones, although you do have – those are the two spots you have real battles going on. You've got uh, Bo Limmer on the right side behind him pushing, who started five games last year. And then you've got uh, Brady Latham, who's the incumbent at left guard, started ten games last year, battling there with Luke Jones. That's probably the most competitive battle. Myron Cunningham at left tackle, and then Dalton Wagner at right tackle. If I could see a position, you know, anybody out of that group 
getting moved out, aside from the players I mentioned, I could possibly see Takis Crawford stealing a few reps at right tackle. I think he's just got a absolute incredibly high ceiling, just different body than a lot of those other guys, just an impressive-looking uh, player. So he would be probably my dark horse to maybe move somebody. Uh, on the defensive line, I mean, we're talking four-man front. That would make it easier for me if we get four-man front. I think you're probably going Dorian Gerald at left end. I think you might go right in. I'm going to say Zach Williams ends up winning the starting job at right end. I'll say Zach Williams. I'll go out on a limb there. I just think he looks fantastic right now. And that's in a four-man front. You go four-man front, Dorian Gerald, Zach Williams. All right, your two interior guys, I'm going to say Eric Gregory. I'm going to say John Ridgway. That's going to be a battle. I mean, Isaiah Nickel, Markel Etsy, that's going to be a battle there. Now, we go three-man front. I'll say Ridgeway on the inside. I'll say Dorian Gerald at left end, and I'll say Eric Gregory at right end. That's how I think it'll go. But, I mean, I, I'm i one of those guys. I think you've got a lot of talent at defensive line. They just haven't been able to get to the quarterback. I think you've got a lot of bodies. I think we're going to see more four-man front this year than we have in the past. I mean, getting those transfer additions, Trey Williams too. I mean, Trey Williams could absolutely start. Mateo Soli, I, I think Mateo is more likely, um, you know, in a four-man front than a three-man front because you need a little bit bigger end if you're running three down linemen. So, I don't – I mean, I, th- I think there are a lot of possibilities on the defensive line. I think that's a good thing. Nathan E. Allen says, hey, Trey, do you think the NIL gives Arkansas an edge in recruiting? I assume at first it would – but you know what happens when you assume. I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, I think that, like, being able to pay players helps teams that haven't been cheating behind the scenes because all that stuff is now pretty much moved, behind, you know, to the front of the scenes. I mean, not, it's not cheating now. It's still like, you know, people can support athletes if they want to. So maybe, maybe it does. To be determined on all that stuff. I mean, like, does going down to 85 scholarships, did that help Arkansas or hurt Arkansas? Did Texas A&M joining the SEC help Arkansas or hurt Arkansas? I think it probably hurt him. But that question remains for Oklahoma, Texas, or anybody else that joins the SEC. I mean, all kinds of rule changes like that do have an impact. You just don't know what it's going to be until after the fact. Philip Warren says, what position group needs to improve the most for us to take a step up this season? Well, quarterback, I've said before, you know, if K.J. sucks, and Arkansas will suck. So, quarterback needs to be – I mean, it's to take a step up, I guess. I mean, it's hard to say, like, take a step up because we don't know where he is exactly. Other than that, I mean, you like to get some great production out of those wide receivers. Offensive line, if you can get the offensive line to, like, be better than most, then that's going to be big for him. I mean – I think that they have, you know, from an experience – like, here's a, here's a good example. Tennessee last year had four five-stars and a four-star starting on the offensive line. And they were all right. They were an all right offensive line. They weren't great. They weren't the best offensive line in the SEC. The best offensive line in the SEC last year might have been Texas A&M. And Texas A&M wasn't littered with a bunch of four or five-stars on the offensive line. There's a lot of three-stars. They were just a veteran group. They had been around the block. Arkansas has been around the block. And they returned 45 of 50 possible starts. Dalton Wagner, he's a multi-year starter. 
Ty Clary's a multi-year starter. Ricky Stromberg's a multi-year starter. Brady Latham would be if he ends up starting over that you know job. He's got 10 stars under his belt, but you got Luke Jones there. Myron Cunningham, he's embarking on his third year as a starter. That means a lot, especially in college. You may not have just four stars across the front. And I think they'll, you know, they'll run into some buzzsaws, Alabama defensive line or something. They'll get them. But how do they look against Ole Miss, Mississippi State? You know, that's that's going to be important, Missouri. I'll say offensive line, Philip. Mark Douglas says, how great is it to finally have quality, real experience, death on the O-line, plus more on the way, instead of how we have to pull defensive linemen over to offense or make maybe one or two backups the coach. Yeah, I, I hear you, Mark, and – I, I do think they're about as healthy as they've been as a position group. Now, they would have been, I think, at 18 scholarship players had Noah Gatlin returned. That's the number that Pittman really wants to be at. That's at the high end from a number standpoint. I can't ever remember them having 18 scholarship offensive linemen, not in the 85 scholarship age. I mean, usually it's like 12, 14. I mean, 15 is the minimum. 15 is the minimum number that you want them to be at. And for an offense, I mean – you want to have a good number. You want to be able to run, you know, three deep scholarship offensive linemen at least. You got to count that you're going to get somebody banged up, you know. But I think they're in pretty good shape. They got some good walk-ons too, like Drew Vest. I mean, that's a heck of a walk-on. They like the Bentonville kid a lot. Same uh, same question on NIL. Doesn't seem like we're doing that well compared to Bama. I mean, like Bama's the standard, right? I mean, so like that's the standard. They're going to – I mean, Bama really does it better than anybody. They handle COVID better than anybody. They're doing NIL probably better than anybody. I mean, that's why they're Bama. But they've got some good stuff going on, and there's some stuff I've heard about also behind the scenes that are in the works too. But, I mean, you've got most of Arkansas stars, offensive lines all sponsored, Grant Morgan sponsored, Traylon Burks is by a couple of different companies, Jalen Catalan is. I mean, you've got some, you've got some players that are, that are getting deals. And that's important. I mean, and we'll see. I mean, I, I've said before, I kind of think all this NIL stuff, I mean, I think it's great, but I do think the dust will settle a little bit. I mean, teams are going to, you know, uh, not teams, but companies are going to want to see some return. Now, we haven't seen like Tyson, Walmart, J.B. Hunt. You know, we haven't seen these companies jump in, these Fortune 500s. And I don't think you will. I don't think a lot of those companies are going to put their name next to you know, a 19, 20-year-old who doesn't have an established reputation. I just don't think that's that's practical. So I think it's going to be more like car dealerships, um, restaurants, law firms, as in the case with Jalen Catalan. I thought he had a good commercial. Jalen Catalan has the only one I've seen, the only thing I've seen where it's an actual commercial. Like everybody else is like, I want to thank so-and-so for, uh, for sponsoring me or super excited to team up with so-and-so. And maybe something's coming down the road, and that's just an initial tweet. But so far, Jalen Catalan's the only guy that I've seen with an actual commercial where it's the commercial isn't like proud to have so-and-so sponsoring me. And I've heard some about some other deals, some plans for some stuff that's uh, – I'm not going to spoil any you know anything like that, but some stuff I think is pretty cool that um, one group I know is, is working on right now. So we'll see. Johnny Brooks says, why is Ware not coming to Arkansas? I, I, that's probably a good question for Curtis Wilkerson. I don't know. I mean, I think it's surprising to me. I think, you know, like a lot of players like, 
you know, that view themselves as one and done, five stars type of players and stuff. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why Arkansas wouldn't be appealing, but I'm sure he has his reasons. I'm not saying he's not going to Arkansas. He hasn't said he's not going to Arkansas, but just kind of what I hear through the grapevine doesn't look good for Arkansas. So, I mean, Arkansas is a top ten program right now, number nine in the country on CBS. I don't know. Maybe there's not as many opportunities. I have no idea why, but it seems like Arkansas would be pretty appealing given um, the situation they got going on with Musselman and his staff. But it's not—I not, mean, not everybody thinks the same, right? Brian Malone says, "Do you think KJ is the man, hands down?" I think so, Brian. I mean, there's always a possibility for change. I mean, and especially when we look at recent history. You know, not last year because Felipe Franks was a starter, but the year before they picked the wrong quarterback coming out of camp. The year before that, the wrong quarterback coming out of camp. I think they did the year before that also. So it's like winning the job out of fall camp really doesn't mean anything. It's how you play in the game. That's where the job is won or lost. Now. You may take that opportunity, you won the job out of camp, and prove that you're the starter during the season, but that's where it's proven, during the season. We see so many times where somebody comes out due to an injury or um, just not playing well and the backup comes in, the guy that they beat out during camp ends up winning the job. It happened to Felipe Franks at Florida. and We saw it with Cole Kelly, with Ty Story taking over for him. I mean, that's how it happens. Ben Hicks, I mean – or Nick Starkle, whichever guy. I mean, neither of those guys lasted. Brian Dugan says, I hope this NIL doesn't ruin college athletics because you know it's going to be used with recruiting. I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, there's been plenty of times where people said different things are going to ruin something. I remember when people said free agency was going to ruin NFL football, and it hasn't. So we'll see how it works, but um, – there's some things that are in college football that make sense when you consider that, you know, coaches are free to, to leave whenever they want. You know, they've paid massive buyouts and all that stuff, but the schools usually pay that. But coaches are able to do that. You know, it's free market. It's America. Shouldn't you be able to profit over your name, image, and license? A wise man once said, if you have ever had the opportunity to sell out, do it. <laughs> so it's America, right? I mean, we like college football. We like the idea of amateurism. These guys come in to play for their school. They can't leave the school once you're committed. That's a big deal. You got to stick there. Once signing day happens, you know, got him for four years, right? It's not the American way, really. I mean, it's not. We like it like that because we like college football. We like the idea of our stars staying with teams. Michael Jordan playing for the Bulls. Larry Bird is a Celtic, you know. Obviously, those, you know, he went on to coach the Pacers and Jordan went on to play for the Wizards. But, I mean, generally speaking, you know, we, we, we kind of like that. We like to think of, you know, these guys as, you know, and Emmett Smith went to play for the Cardinals. We like to think of Emmett Smith. We'll always remember him as a cowboy. He was retired, you know, he went to the Hall of Fame as a cowboy, you know. But that's just not how the world works anymore. The world is a lot smaller place. There's a lot more information out there. And is it fair to ask these kids when there's money to be made out there that you can't profit on your name? I don't see how that's American. We like America. We like certain parts of America. But we don't like the other part. I mean, we, you got to... It's like a logical fallacy if you say you, you support capitalism, but you don't support these guys being able to make money off their name. 
I know. We like it a certain way. And I worry I, I worry about college football and college athletics in general just because we have changed so much so quickly. I mean, there's no control group. there, And I've said this before, but, like, you change something and then you measure it against how things went last year. But this is just like changing a bunch of stuff. We're going to change all this stuff. And then there's no way to tell what works or what doesn't or what hurts or what's helping. Kevin Smith says he thinks it'll ruin college football. Jackie Price says can't wait for EA Sports and NCAA football. I mean, this all started with Ed O'Bannon suing over his name. I mean, nobody likes Ed O'Bannon. <laughs> I mean, the guy works, you know, a regular job. It's not like he's in the NBA millionaire. You know, I, I get what his angle is, even though, like, you're just kind of like he ruined NCAA football for all of us. Stopped in 2014 because of Ed O'Bannon. But doesn't he have a point? You're using his name, his image, his likeness in a game and making a profit on it. Shouldn't he see a piece of that? Well, now we can see a piece of it. NCAA football and that stuff comes back. We can see some of that money, right? The players can anyway. They can see some of that. I don't know how that's going to work out. They're just going to do a blanket payment. They're going to have to, like, unionize or some kind of way. I know some people hate unions, but they're going to have to do something like that to where everybody gets on board because it could be a situation where, like, everybody get like, you remember games back in the day, like, they'd come out with a game like NBA Live or something, and instead of Shaquille O'Neal, there'd be some other dude, like center number 34, and it'd be like, you know – not even like not even look like aside from being like 300 and something pounds like not look like Shaquille O'Neal at all <laughs> like you know uh or there'd be like a, a an NFL game come out and there'd be like running back 22 because they didn't give their consent so like how is that going to work out you're going to have everybody on board you need to have everybody on board because if you don't have you know KJ Jefferson playing quarterback at Arkansas what's the point create them, I guess, later on your own. That's, I mean, that's pretty much what they've been doing. People have been doing individually since then. But Adrian Shever says, what is Warren looking like after getting hurt last year? Devion, according uh, to Sam Pittman, he looks pretty good. Uh, Pittman talked about him a little bit. It's kind of like he was asked about Mike Woods and Devion separately and, and referred to Devion both times as the second best wide receiver on the team last year. He, he had a pretty good season going last year before he got hurt. So we expect him to, to get back in there and, you know, and start again. And, you know, hopefully somebody else really emerges out of this young group. And we've talked about wide receivers. I mean, there's a lot of highly regarded wide receivers. The odds are somebody else is going to emerge. They need somebody. It will be Keetron Jackson, Darren Turner, Bryce Stevens, who's coming up in the upcoming class, real speedy guy. Josh Roberts says, are we going to be able to run the ball this year or what? Sam Pittman has defined a good team as a team that can run when they have to and stop the run when they have to. I think it's going to – Josh, I think it's going to depend, you know, obviously some on the offensive line, but some of these younger backs, these big guys, and like a Dominic Johnson. I could see Dominic Johnson being a surprise guy for him at running back just because he is so big. And it's nothing against Traylon Smith. I love Traylon Smith. I love his attitude. I love that he loves football. It's all he wants to talk about seemingly. Um, he is a football player and seems like a great kid, young man. I mean, he's over 20 years old. But he's not the heaviest. And there have been there were times where Arkansas – Arkansas has got to be a better third down team. And it starts first down, second down. There were times where, you know, he didn't move the pile forward. You know, or he was feast or famine sometimes on runs. So – They've got to have a guy that can just fall just falling forward for a yard or two 
after you get hit can make all the difference when you come up on third down. And then, of course, falling forward on third down. But a lot of that comes with the offensive line, too. If the offensive line is really strong, can block for him, then he can have a big year. But if they're not going to be a great offensive line, I really think you need some more oomph at running back. But the thing is, at running back, you can't just be a slow-prodding, heavy running back. You have to be able to get up to speed very quickly. I mean, you have to be able to hit that hole. Now, you may not have great top-end speed, but that initial burst, you got to have that to play running back in this conference. Brinson Bishop says, what is your way-too-early win-loss record for Razorbacks? I don't really like to give a win-loss record till after fall camp, but, I mean, I'll say I'm hovering around six wins. Most importantly, do the Razorbacks beat Texas? Just not ready to say quite yet. I mean, Texas has got so many unanswered questions. they got a new coach. They're going to have a new quarterback. they got a battle at that position. So, I do think it's good for Arkansas that Arkansas opens up in Rice. Not that they can just overlook anybody. I mean, can't overlook anybody at Arkansas. But I do think the days of them just, you know, losing those cupcakes, especially getting routed. No, no, I don't mean to call anybody a cupcake. That's a really disrespectful term for, for any program. And these guys are out there working their tails off. But the days of them losing to teams outside the Power Five should be over. Hope that they're over. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing what happened to Arkansas. I mean, just getting routed, boat race in your own stadium against Western Kentucky. I want to go back there, start getting depressed. What is our class of 22, 22 rank so far? They're 17th nationally with 17 commitments. Casey French Fulton says, are we going to be able to protect KJ? I hope so. Yeah, you know, I think the thing that, like, you miss about KJ in practices is – I mean, he's 240 pounds, and I mean, he's all of it. This dude is a big-bodied dude. But, like, you know, I just can imagine defenders draped on him, like trying to pull him down, him being able to buy some extra time because he's so big. You know, he's also mobile and be able to buy some time there, move outside the pocket. I mean, every uh, most players are going to be an RPO also. So, you know, a lot of those reads are made pretty quick. Ronnie Moik says he's not Randy Rainwater. Brinson Bishop says, does Arkansas beat Texas spit? There's a lot of Texas spit. We'll see. I mean, again, a lot of a lot of unknowns. Butch Jordan says, I'll try to ask my question again this time without abbreviations. I appreciate that. Abbreviations get me stuck, especially when trying to read them live. Which team will be the most motivated by the new conference alignment on September 11th, Texas or Arkansas? That's a good question. Now, we've talked about this a little bit because it's not just a tremendous slate of games that weekend. Arkansas-Texas is pretty intriguing, especially now with Texas coming to the SEC. Here's a little sneak peek of Texas in the SEC. You can see how they could market that. It's a night game also, ESPN. But they've also got Air Force, Navy that weekend, and it's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So you can kind of see game day picking that one up. Did I leave this? I hate when I do this. You've got to remind me. Take that off. All right. Who's more motivated? I think Arkansas. I mean, it's Texas in Fayetteville. In theory, you could have a full stadium. I don't know the way COVID's going right now and just running rampant around here. I don't know that it's going to – I think people will be scared, stay home a little bit. But I, you're still going to have better than what you had last year, 16,500. But, hey, I mean, people filled up baseball. I mean, Baum Walker was packed, wasn't it? 
I think people will be jacked up for that Texas game. Curtis Kinder says, Trey, what's up, Hog? Not much. Mark Douglas says, speaking of Big 12 to SEC moves, can we also get Big 12 officials to come too? Tired of the game deciding hose jobs we seem to get the bad end of SEC officiating at least once a year. Well, it happened more than once a year last year, and I can go over that. And I did recently in an article, obviously there's the Auburn game, there's the LSU game where Arkansas had a fumble recovery that was clear, clear and present, wasn't given them to them. I think it was pretty late in the game. Um, you, you know, there's the, the Missouri game where – Joe Fouché. Why are all these on Joe Fouché? Three against Joe Fouché. Joe Fouché recovers a fumble against Auburn, not given to him, recovers a fumble against LSU, and gets hit with a unsportsmanlike conduct, not anywhere around a Missouri player, turns to his bench after a big play, bringing up third and long, third and 12, does that for like a millisecond, and gets hit with an unsportsmanlike conduct flag. That was probably – that was as, I mean, like the other stuff, like you can say subjectively, like – like, what is an immediate recovery? I mean, the LSU one's difficult. That was just a complete blown job. I mean, the Auburn game, they blew it from the get-go. They screwed up. This one was a call where you're like, oh, that's unsportsmanlike. That was just ridiculous. But they're all against Joe Fouché, so maybe it's not just Arkansas. Maybe they hate Joe Fouché. Joe Fouché should get the he-hate-me on the back of his jersey. He should be the new he-hate-me. <laughs> John Ballinger says, hey, Trey, how do you think the offensive line will be this year? We've talked about that. Brian Dugan says, you're the best, Trey. Appreciate that. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate that, Brian. Dalton Adams says, any transfer besides T. Crawford looking good? Well, we've heard good things about Ridgeway, Utsi, Trey Williams. Uh, Trent Gordon, I don't know that Trent is pushing for a starting job, but he's the guy that can help them possibly. And, you've, I mean, you still got Jaqueline Crawford. I think they're looking for big things out of Jaqueline. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say, like, out of the spring he was just, like, taking my breath away, like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be amazing. But I think he has a chance to really help them. Uh, Levi Draper, who also was hurt in the first game last year. So you got a couple of guys who joined last year that didn't play. Draper because of the injury. Crawford because he had to sit out in addition to Takias Crawford. Jaqueline Crawford, Takias Crawford. Uh, Mark Elletzi, John Ridgeway, and uh, Trey Williams. So, a lot of additions that could help them. I mean, I think with getting all those transfers, I mean, there's some transfers in there. I mean, Ridgeway, I think, is could end up being as big an impact guy as they have out of the newcomers. Um, Utsi is a, an SEC starter. Trey Williams is an SEC starter. Um, you know, Jaqueline Crawford and Levi Draper weren't SEC starters, but they were, you know, they came from Oklahoma. They were both big-time four-star recruits out of high school. Trent Gordon comes from Penn State. Takias Crawford was a four-star. I mean, you think about the additions that they have and returning 11 super seniors, guys that who would, in other cases, wouldn't be with the team right now. Arkansas has more super seniors coming back than any other team in the SEC. You had 13 guys enroll early. So, I mean, that's a pretty nice situation also to get them a head start. I mean, basically – Everybody coming back from last year except for a handful of people like Felipe Franks. Obviously, that's a big one. Uh, Xavier Kelly, John Marshall, Mike Woods. So, a ton coming back from last year and some nice additions. You'd think they would be a better team given that if K.J. Jefferson doesn't suck. I don't think he will. I just don't know how good he's going to be.
Adrian Schaefer says, do you think A.J. or Sanders will get a chance to play? I think, yeah. I think at least by midseason you are going to start to see one or both of those guys start to, to make an impact. John El- Don Eldridge says, you're staring into the abyss again. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. Jason Doyle says, do you have statistics to justify your rampant COVID claim there, Trey? Rampant, really? I'm, I've said before, according to the reports, Jason, we don't get into those kind of talks here. So don't bring that crap here, Jason. I'm just saying, according to the reports, these are what the numbers are. I'm not saying anything else. I'm not saying go get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated. But, yeah, that's what that's where things are right now. I mean, according to the CDC and whatnot, I know people are like, the CDC is lying to you. We're not going there. Don Elder says the Western Kentucky game, San Jose say, oh, yeah, that got me, yeah. That's the abyss. Like, you, you start getting there, you start getting depressed, and then you start moping around. The next thing you know, you're not eating, you're sleeping all day. You're right. Mark Jones says, do you think the Hogs can at least compete with Bama this year? No, I don't. And we're unfortunately going to end it with their baby steps, take a step in the right direction. I mean, you're at Tuscaloosa, Mark. <laughs> Alabama's Alabama. I mean, they're just – Arkansas is not, they're not in a position yet where they're going to go there and, and give them a real game, I don't think. I mean, it's what Alabama's done to Arkansas the last few years. But keep taking steps in the right direction, build this program back up, make Arkansas damn proud once again. All right, we're going to cut it off there. I want to remind everybody one more time, if you haven't thrown us that uh, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, please do so. I asked every week and like one person will, will do it. So if you haven't given us a review – Now's a great time to do it if you like the show. If you don't, stay away. But if you like it, then throw us that five-star rating. Leave a little review for people to know what to to expect. Uh, I mean, with football season coming up, it really helps boost the channel and puts it in front of more people. Also available uh, on Facebook Live where we stream the show live every time. Uh, Available on YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up, a likes on both of those channels. And uh, also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of. Find your favorite podcast. One dollar right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. Or if you want to sign up for a year, it's just 30%. 30% off, excuse me, I should say. It's 70%. 30% off your first year if you want to sign up for a year. Get to that 50-minute range. We've gone over an hour. Or no, we've gone 56 minutes. Get to that 50-minute range and start to struggle a little bit talking. I can feel my voice starting to go a little bit. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. We'll be back with you guys. This will actually be, I should mention, this will be probably the last time this year, or, yeah, probably about this year, that we have the show on a Monday this early because fall camp's going to start. Those are usually earlier in the morning, so I would assume that's going to bump the show down a little bit later on. Uh, on Mondays, we usually have our regular press conference. That's about 12, so I don't want to do the show before the press conference. I want to do the press conference at noon and then do the show after, so it'll be a little bit later in the afternoon, really until probably December, probably till December before the show is in the mornings on Mondays. So. And then we'll start picking up on Thursdays. We'll do it twice a week once everything gets going again. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. It's been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. 